in your life, in my life, your freedom from want will only come when you lose the fear of being in want. Many times we are afraid. And that's what the enemy uses to come in. You're just constantly afraid you're not going to have. That's faith in reverse. That's faith in reverse. And as long as you keep that fear in you, Satan has an inroad into your life. The day you can look into the Word of God and you have that freedom and you know within you no matter what in this life. I've often said this here, and I'm not just speaking. This is the truth. When you get to the place where you know that in your heart, as long as God lives, you can read that in the Old Testament. They often said, as long as, as, long as the Lord your God lives. That's what they used to perceive, whatever they are saying. As long as Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And if Jesus is true. And that he really died and he rose from the dead. I will never want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But as soon as you do that. The enemy shows you different things in your life. Why? <laughs> In this life, it's possible for you to be in want, and then you fear. Until you get rid of that fear in you, let me say this. Can God take care of you and meet your needs? Can God provide daily for you? Didn't Jesus say, give us this day our daily bread? Notice, this day our daily bread not just one day's bread, give us this day our daily bread. Give it to me today for my daily bread. That's what Jesus asked us to pray. And he wasn't kidding. He's saying, pray this way to your heavenly father. This is the way to pray. And if you pray this way, it's not saying God's going to ignore you. He says his father will answer you. Give us this day our daily bread. And I believe that word. So I have no reason to be afraid. If you can't sleep and you're constantly worried, God's not there. If you are having a pity party, he's not there with you. There's only one who is partying with you, the devil. Well, he loves this that kind of party because it's a pity party. Oh, me. You can't be just, oh, me. I mean, you got Jesus in your life. And he's the true God. He is God and he can take care of you. I can do anything that my mind will allow me to dream about and believe God for. The only limitation I have is me. How much I can expand my mind. As long as you refuse to expand your mind and trust God, you dishonor Him. I don't know. I've been wanting to preach this message on prosperity. I get up here and something else comes upon me. You don't mind, do you? Because I'm going to go on with this message. But I got to do this. Amen. As long as you keep that fear in you, God cannot take care of you. You are as a child of the living God. Yes, you may be in a situation today that's troubling. Well, that's an opportunity for God to do a miracle so that you can have a testimony. If your situation is not bad, like one testifier, you got no testimony. You have to be in a situation that's an opportunity for God to show himself to be God in your life so that you can have a testimony. And when you have a testimony, 
That's for your victory in the future. Because they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And your testimony should be drawn out of the word of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. As long as God is my shepherd, I will never be in want. You're resting. They have to be amazed at you. That yes, your family members, everyone knows. And, and even at your place of work, they know you're going through a tough time financially. But they can't see worry in your face. And they wonder, why are you not worried like the rest of us? What's the matter with you? Can't, you've lost your mind or something? What's going on with you? And you declare, the Lord my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Christ Jesus, you speak those words of testimony and the Bible says God watches over his word to confirm it. So when you say that, God says, watch out. Watch out. Because that's what God is looking for. You have to be able to say it without fear. Just faith. Faith and fear are opposites. They both attract things. Faith will attract things coming from God. Fear will attract things coming from the devil. If you think you are so, you're doing so good in God, and you can stay in fear and not attract something evil, think about Job. You can entertain fear in your life no matter what's going on. No matter what, what you're hearing around you. Once you entertain fear, you've opened the door for the enemy. And God cannot do anything about it. And every time when the devil asks, I got permission to do this, God says, yes, you can do it. I preserve the life, but you can, you can, you can let him have the pain a little bit. And Job said, the stuff that I feared... <laughs> He's come upon me. What I feared greatly has come upon me. So we are not supposed to fear. I have always seen in scriptures, as you read the Bible, it always amazed me. Even before I got to become, uh, before I became a Christian, and you read the gospel stories, and you have a problem, and the guy is talking to Jesus about coming to help him. Please, my son is dying. And and Jesus replies, don't be afraid. (laughs) Only believe. He says that a lot. He got my attention. There's got to be something about fear. I got to get rid of fear. And you remember when he got to the home, Jairus' daughter, and there were people crying there, wailing. He got to get rid of all of all the unbelief and fear. He got rid of some of his disciples as well. <laughs> and took just three of them who had no fear as long as they are standing by the master because they believe he, do, he can do anything. They knew who he was. Peter knew. Peter knew who he was. He finally had an opportunity to declare and without fear he couldn't wait. He shouted it out to Jesus. God had revealed it to him. And James and John, they were very close. They knew who he was. And Jesus knew. Jesus said, I know mine. Amen. He knows those who are his in the world. And so he picked those ones because they knew as long as we are with the master, we got nothing to fear. No death, nothing. He can handle it. He, Jesus, he can handle it. Don't care what's going on. But when you fear, you actually open the door for the enemy to come into your life. And the greatest problem is your history. What's been happening in your life? So you say, I'm so... I'm, whatever years old, and I've always been in this situation, you can never ever see yourself rising above that situation by the power of God, be it unto you according to your faith. As long as you cannot rise above that and see yourself on the other side, God has nothing to confirm. God has no miracle to do. If you can handle it, why do you need a miracle? It's got to be bigger than you. It's got to be impossible. 
It's got to be something that somebody will see, knowing the situation, they will begin to cry out, what happened here? How did you get here? We know your history. What happened? And you can tell them the Lord did it. That they know. Because they see, they're seeing a miracle right before their eyes. And we are sons and daughters of the living God. And Isaiah 18 verse 8 says, We are for signs and wonders on the earth. That's what the Bible says. Eight, I believe it was 18. We are, I and the children whom you have given to me, we are for signs and wonders. That's why you were created in Christ Jesus, for signs and wonders. If you are having signs and wonders coming out of your life, what do you have to do with want? That's not a part of our life. We are for signs and for wonders. Not just healing signs. Amen. Because every time we talk about signs, all we're thinking about is healing. It's more than healing. Turning water into wine is not healing. Walking on water is not healing. Being dead and raised four days later, that's not healing. Amen. That's a sign. And we are for signs and wonders on the earth. You have to believe that you are part of this. Jeremiah, Jesus speaking in the Old Testament, the Spirit of Christ speaking in the Old Testament, Jeremiah, and the children whom you have given to me, that God gave you to Jesus, and on this earth you are for signs and wonders so that the world can see what God can do. You are not of this world. That's what the word says. You live in this world, but you don't belong to this world. The things of this world, they don't have to have a hold on your life. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind and be not not conformed to this world. The economy of the world and all of that. Your own situation. You got to get out of all of those. And begin to believe God for something bigger than yourself. Something bigger than what you can understand. Because His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And God says, I want you. Is He trying to prevent us from thinking His thoughts? No. He wants us to think His thoughts. Amen. Jesus said, you are from the earth. I am from above. Amen. And John the Baptist says, the one who is from above, he's above all. And you were born from above. That's the word born again. Born from above. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You are born from above. That's what the Bible says. And who is from above is above all. Above all, what? Men know everything. We need to believe God for signs and wonders. I think the church has made things so difficult with our belief and unbelief that God cannot have room to walk among us anymore. Healings are supposed to be so easy. We make it so difficult in America, I'm sorry. And we're constantly comparing, you know, it didn't happen to this person, it didn't happen to Saint so-and-so, oh, that brother was a good brother, and God allowed. How did you know that God did that? You don't live with the brother. You don't compare yourself with anybody. You don't know what they know. Just because somebody appears holy outside, that doesn't mean anything. Even you can be holy like Job. If you don't have your words right, you'll still be in trouble. You have to have your words and your conversation. Let the meditation of meditations of my heart, the words of my mouth, be what acceptable in your sight. You can live right in the meditations of your heart concerning His word, and the words that come out of your mouth, they don't line up with His word. God still loves you. He loves the world. He died for the world. 
even for Caiaphas, the high priest. But did Caiaphas benefit from his death? Absolutely not. He still loves you. But you, the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart, meditations of your heart, saying in the word of God, with God nothing shall be impossible. That's the meditation of your heart. Your situation is bad, but you're saying, with God, this is not impossible. God's going to make a way through the wilderness for me. God, if he has to pass the Red Sea for me, he's got to he'll do that for me. Not for the children of... That's Old Testament. If God would do that for the children of Israel in the Old Testament, why won't he do it for you today? You have a better covenant with better promises and a better high priest. We should have these things happening to us. We are really tying the hands of God with our own belief. We're not willing to go out. We got all these things with our reason. And we reason these things, how the soul is for him. And all we're doing as Christians is reasoning Christianity out, fighting spiritual battle with mental abilities. And they don't work. That which is the f- of the flesh is flesh. You get to understand that. We have to come out from that. Paul was very clear in Galatians. He said, who bewitched you? I've said this before. Who bewitched you? What happened to you? You started in faith. There were miracles that were performed by faith, not by the law. You received the baptism and the Holy Spirit by faith. You're going to complete this thing, walking in the flesh, who bewitched you? And he was so mad he cursed the people that were causing them trouble. <laughs> he was so angry about what was happening to them. He said, you started in faith. You want to finish in the flesh? That's not acceptable. He says, if I build again the things that I've destroyed, I become a transgressor. You destroyed those things. Now you're bringing them back. You started in faith. God did a lot of miracles in your life. But now, it's like you don't know anymore. What, who hindered you? What's stopping you from moving forward? You started well. You were running well. Now you heard somebody you are comparing with yourself with other people and thinking, well, I can't do that. I don't have any star. The only star is this book. I want to know what's in there. I want to study what those people know. And what things in their life may God take? So he's doing this stuff in their life. And I include myself with them. Amen. Because God's got to do the same thing for me. Because he's not a respecter of person. If I do the same thing and I think the same way, it'd be fine. God's going to do the same thing. That's why he's so good. The Bible says, choose your friends wisely. Mm. Choose your friends wisely. This is not a matter of you are my enemy. <laughs> if you talk funny, I won't be around you very much. Yes. Not cross words now. But your words are not in line with faith. You don't need a friend like that. They'll bring you down. You argue with them. If they're not willing to turn, that's it. <laughs> Paul was very clear. He says for some people, don't even eat with them. Then Christianity is plaguing me. It's a serious matter. He said, don't even, don't even eat with them. If they call themselves Christian and they're walking disorderly, he says, don't eat with them. Don't even say hello to them. He says, well, that's not Christianity. It's love. Well, the love is this book. When you obey this book, remember, <laughs> there are two sets of laws. There is one that is called the greatest. Okay? Which is the greatest of the law? It has to do with what God wants. Amen? If you are not following the first one and you're doing the second, you're wasting your time. Talking about loving people and compromising and all of that. Uh, that's not the way God... God comes first. And this is what the Bible says. So you choose your friends wisely. You choose where you go wisely. Your church wisely. If, you, if a person is saying, yes, God's going to do that for you. Yes, I know God's going to do that for me. I don't have to forget. I don't have to fight. And then those days are coming to our church. Amen. You know, I'm reminded. And then and I ask the Lord. 
There are things I'm trying to do, and I'm wait, waiting on the Lord and see. But we've seen miracles here, those of us that have been here. We've seen somebody with multiple sclerosis, sclerosis right, run around the church after prayer. Yes. We've seen a lady that came in here that had the issue of blood, and she called me and said, I'm coming to service from downtown. And the doctors were very worried because they thought she's going to sue them. And she told me, Angela is very aware of this. And she came to church, we prayed for her. Guess what? It stopped. And it's been going on for a long time, months or whatever before she came. We've seen that. And I'm, I'm going to see more of it. I don't have any problem, I told Pastor Roy. If I go out, I, I just expect it. I expect it. And it happens. Sometimes while you're speaking, I have no trouble with that. I know if I go out and minister and hear, they'll get healed. They will. They always will. Because God's confirming His Word. It has nothing to do with me, so I don't have to have sleepless nights about how I'm, the people are going to receive their healing. That's not my business. It's his business and he does his, work, his job very well. I just go and declare the word to them and he heals them. Many times I don't even know what's going on. Except to speak the word. And that's happening with you as well. If God can use one man, he can use everyone. And I tell myself, if God can use me in this thing, what about the finances? That's easy. Amen. He takes care of them. If God can stop a woman that has an issue of blood, why can't he reverse your financial situation? What's wrong with that? Is it so big that God cannot deal with it? It's just our mindset. It's our soulish realm that's stopping us. It's like you're going to pray for a sick person here while the others are with their eyes closed, praying, the skeptic has one eye closed and he's looking around to see if anything is really happening. That's what it's like in the church. You can see when they're doing that, you know they don't believe anything. You have your own eyes closed, but you just like that guy doing this. Because we don't believe much. We shouldn't. God can take care of anything. He can heal you. So you don't have to have fear. The number of your days, he promised he's going to fulfill. Whether I feel the symptoms, I don't feel the symptoms, I'm going. Because God said so. Amen? You can't take me to the grave until I'm ready to go. Nobody can. No sickness, no cancer. In fact, that thing is not a part, it can never be a part of my life. Never. Amen. And can never be a part of your life in Jesus' name. It can never be. And you have to say that constantly. You have to say that constantly. If Satan reminds you every time you move around, you are always thinking, well, I'm going to have a heart attack. That's what you declare constantly. I will never have a heart attack. If I go, it's not going to be by, by heart attack. Because that's where the enemy wants you to be afraid. So you fight your fear with the word of God. Those symptoms, they are to make you to be afraid. To get you to be afraid. And once you are afraid, he's got you. He's really got you. Especially if this thing runs in your family. You raise your head and you want to do something... There's no one in your family that's had a college uh, degree. And as you step out to try to do it, Satan says, look around you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> look at your uncles and everybody. Have you, can you find anyone who's had a college degree? And your answer to him is no. And he says, what makes you think you're going to get it? Brother so-and-so, your brother tried, he failed. Halfway, he dropped out. If you try, guess what? 
Halfway you're going to drop out just like him. And now you are afraid. But because you've said you keep doing what you said you'll do, guess what's going to happen to you? Halfway you will, you'll drop out. Because he sowed that seed in you. But if you reply and you tell him, I know they all fail. But you see, I got Jesus. That's the difference. They didn't. I'm going to get it. And you rely on Jesus. He'll take care of you. You'll actually get there. There is nothing that God cannot do. If I will title this message today, Don't Be Afraid. That's what I will title it. There is no reason for you to be afraid if Jesus is in your life. What you experience, if it's long and it's lasting, is because you allowed it and because you did that by the way of fear. And many times we are so concerned about what people will think. That's the first place for deliverance. Amen? Forget what people think. Forget what people think. Because that will make you act silly most of the time. Trying to please people. Forgetting that God is in your life. Once you lose that fear, and you begin to fear what God says, and you begin to follow after what God says, He won't fail you. I like Isaiah 54. How many have read Isaiah 54? Please read that scripture over and over again. Read that scripture, until that particular passage, until it becomes a part of your life. Because he has everything there for your life. God makes it clear he wants you to expand. And he's saying, not just you, your children also will expand. He said, you've been in problems in the past. I turned my face away a little bit, and, and you got a lot of trouble, but now I'm coming back, and I'm coming back in a big way. He says, I will not allow you to suffer shame. When things happen, you begin to wonder, what's going to happen now? How are they going to think? How are my children? People are going to say this. My, I can't feed my kids. It's not just the fact that you don't have, but what people will think about what's going on with your life. God says, lose that fear. Because I will not allow you to be be disgraced. That's what it says. I won't allow you to suffer disgrace. In other words, you will always have grace upon your life. You know what that is? You are highly favored. You don't have to be jealous of Mary, the mother of Jesus, highly favored. You are highly favored. You are highly favored. The major problem is we don't believe these things. God even said in Isaiah 54, He says they will surely gather. Your enemies, the devils will gather against you. For your sake, He says, they will gather. But God said, I didn't send them. But anyone who gathers, devil or people who doesn't matter, If they ever come together against you, God says, without a doubt, they'll fall for your sake. When it's all over, they will be on their face and you will be standing up. I like this scripture and I've often quoted that scripture here. He says that kings will be your foster fathers and their queens your nursing mothers. He says they will bow down with their face. They will bow down to the earth with their faces to the ground before you. And the reason God says, I want you to know that I am your God. And those who wait on me will never be disappointed. I won't disappoint them. If you wait on God in your situation, the Bible says those who believe will not make haste. When you are in a hurry and you are panicking, God's not there. Wait and see. Enter into His rest. Amen. There is only one way to enter into God's rest. 
believe what he says about you. Believe that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Believe that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ. Believe that God can keep you everything that you commit to him until that day. So if I have a problem, I commit it to him. Be anxious for nothing. Don't care about anything. And the guy says, well, I know the Bible says that, but, but you know, we, we have to be careful now. I don't care about your carefulness. That's the problem. If you are really following God's ways, you know how to be careful. More than any other man. They don't know what it means to be careful. When you have God's word and God's wisdom, you really know how to be careful. So when they tell you, be careful now, that's a way of Satan distracting you and getting you out of the way. You're not dumb. You know what to do. But you know how to believe God. You know how to believe God. I believe that God wants to take care of the peoples of the Ark Fellowship, everybody. Every family is going to be blessed in this church. Every house is going to be, all your needs are going to be met. Satan will turn, will turn and flee from you. God's favor is upon your life in the name of Jesus. You are going to increase. According to the word of God, you will be head and not tail. That's what God says the God's servants must do. Bless the people of God with these words, he says. And I can bless you in the name of Jesus because I know what the scripture says. When Jesus said, go preach the gospel, he said, when you get into our home, say to that home, peace be upon, upon this home. And he says, your peace will come upon that home. And that's the truth. When they enter into your home, they feel that peace. Because the Holy Spirit lives in there. And if you've been born again, you don't have to think it. Everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit goes with you. Everywhere you go. You are not like the rest of them. When you get into an office, you are carrying God with you into that office. And if you really believe it, it won't be long before your boss knows there's something about that man. I fire the rest of them, but even though he's not too good with his job, I can't afford to lose him. Since he came into our business, things have been happening. I like him. Amen. You got to believe these things. Years ago, my wife was walking, walking with this guy, a doctor, and she kept this, I believe it's uh, Psalm 5 verse 12. She had that scripture. I'm surrounded with favor as a shield and put it in a, you know, a, 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 what do you call that? Your coat that you always wear, that white stuff? <laughs> hey. But she had that in. And at first, Angela said, those guys don't want to see her. Who's going to, you got a doctor, who's going to see a nurse? You understand what I'm saying? It's a nurse, you got a doctor. And you don't want to see that little girl there, I want to see the doctor. Before long, they all want to see Angela. They don't want to see, the boss was saying, what are you doing? Why, did, did they, why come they all want to see you now? What happened? <laughs> hey. See? See? This is beautiful. And I remember once, the, the man was saying to Angela, I don't know if Angela forget, but Angela knows I don't forget words. <laughs> That's my nature. <laughs> don't say something to me, I won't forget it. <laughs> but the guy was saying to Angela, sit down. What do you want? How much money do you want? Just tell me. And Angela, as the Holy Spirit would speak, she was quiet. And he would say, will this man be okay? And he kept going up. <laughs> and she's up and up. And Angela was quiet. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit was ministering. You better give her something now, otherwise <laughs> you're going to get it. And one time, he, I remember calling, he called Angela and said, I know you are being paid more than most nurse practitioners in the nation. I've checked it out. Remember that? I've checked it out from the internet. I know I'm paying you more than most, most nurses in, the, in this country. I know that. But did he quit paying her? No. Angela was working less. 
You remember that? She was working less. The first time she hardly comes home, she was going to the hospital and do, he stopped all of that. He was paying her less when she stopped doing all of those work. How do you explain things like that? This is just God. Why? Because she had that little scripture. Amen. And, and, and pastor didn't teach her that, you know. She, she had that there. When she told me about it, I learned a lesson. <laughs> that was good to hear. The word of God works. We also have in the same spirit of faith. As it is written, I believe, therefore I speak. We also believe, therefore we speak. Second Corinthians 4 verse 13, put, put that up. You got to understand this. Speak it out. And be bold about it. I tell you, after you speak it out, and since we have the same spirit of faith, what same spirit of faith? The same spirit of faith that was in Peter. The same spirit of faith that was in Paul. The same spirit of faith in John. The same spirit of faith, that same spirit of faith that was in Elijah. And in Elisha. We, didn't, we don't have a different kind of spirit of faith. He's the same one. And how did he operate in them? They spoke. They spoke. They spoke with boldness, without fear. Tomorrow, this is going to happen. He's a man. How could he have known? But they spoke by faith. Don't think that the angel was standing before them to tell them anything. They perceived it in their spirit and they, they spoke it out by faith. And God confirmed it. We are in a better covenant. Amen. We shouldn't tolerate these things. We must stand firm. You must speak. Speak it out. After you've spoken, remember what it says in, in, in uh, what it says in Joshua chapter one verse eight. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you must meditate in it day, uh, constantly day and night. When you begin to speak that, then you are able to do. In other words, it becomes a part of your life, and it comes out natural because now it's just part of you. You got no fear anymore. But you got to start saying these things boldly. The first time you try, you may, the enemy won't let you sleep. He tells you, you made a fool of yourself. You shouldn't have said that to that man. What if it, if it didn't happen? And you're worried, all that. And you say it again. After a while, that faith rises. And you're not afraid anymore. When you get to that place, your miracle is about to be born. Amen? It's about to... To appear. Don't get discouraged. Many times we are wanting things so quickly. But see, God is doing, he's, he's in a process. Because he has something bigger than you in the future. And he needs to raise you well. To groom you. Remember what the scripture says, the planting of the Lord. If you plant a tree, he's not going to become... A huge tree overnight, right? It takes time. But you are the planting of the Lord. And as you eat, you grow. Before long, your roots take place. You know, hold of the, of the earth. So you can tower. But it takes time. But most people quit before they see their miracle. They start complaining. They, they go from church to church <laughs> looking for some kind of anointing where God would do it immediately, and then sometimes they even suffer more. Yes, they suffer more. Disaster, because they are not going to stay and go through so that God will, you know, establish them. Stay where you are. Believe God. 
and watch what God will do. Sometimes things can be so tough. God, and I'm going to say this, God always has what he calls the appointed time. He has an appointed time. And he's going to watch how you react until the appointed time. Many people, before they get to the appointed time, they quit. And they get nothing. That's why Paul was so angry with the Galatians. You started well. You're going to ruin everything. And lose your blessings because you allowed these people to talk you out of what you originally heard. And he was very angry with Peter when Peter came along. He said that we stood him to the face. The man was going to fight for his God, no matter what. You need to fight sometimes. And sometimes fight with your other, other Christian brothers when, they don't, when, they, when you realize they're going the other way. You disagree sharply. That doesn't mean you fight. I mean, not this type of fight, okay? <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> but you, you disagree with them sharply. And stand your ground. Every time you do that, heaven notices. Heaven does. I remember years ago, I used to fight with people, and even in my Sunday school class. If you stayed in my Sunday school class uh, when I was a student, <laughs> you called me a troublemaker because I fought with my Sunday school teacher a lot. He said something, and I tell him, that was wrong. You shouldn't have said that. And I tell him... <laughs> I'm trying to believe God and I'm still shaky. And what you're, make, what you're saying now is making me even more shaky. And I don't want to hear it. And I, I did it right in his face in class. And I begged him. I said, look, I'm not trying to be rude to you. I just am trying slowly to try to believe God for these things. And what you're saying is making it, yes, but brother, good luck. And then we'll fight. My roommate told me, I really don't like going to class with you. You, you, you make me nervous. <laughs> you're, you're, you're becoming a troublemaker. But God knew my heart was right. And the funny thing is, when the man left, he turned his class over to me. Yeah, he did. Because he knew I wasn't really fighting him. He knew I loved him. We're still friends till today. But I was determined... I'm trying to move on. Please don't tell me anything that discourages me. Please, please. Don't tell me God said that, but you know, there are other circumstances. How do I define other circumstances? Let him show me the circumstances as I move along. Don't make me stop before I meet those circumstances. Amen. Let me meet them right as I'm going along and he will direct me. But don't, don't discourage me now. I need to move on. God wants to do a great work in your life. Your life's got to change. Amen? Many times we're not expecting anything to change. Tonight, I'm telling you, you need to start having a dream that's bigger than yourself. Every one of you. You're not here by accident. You're not here by accident. God, I believe, picked you to be here from eternity. So you hear these words. And I believe I'm speaking from. You got to have dreams that, that, dreams that are bigger than yourself. Otherwise this is all you're going to have. I have dreams. I've always had them. I don't, I'm not overly excited. About what God has done now. It doesn't even. You understand what I'm saying? I can't get excited because what I see in my mind, and I'm being very frank with you, and you see me shouting, I don't, that's just the truth. I want God, I want more than this. A whole lot more than this. And I'm not going to be discouraged. Nobody's going to, I can tell you because you don't, nobody here holds my future and I don't hold your future. Amen? So I cannot, it's me and God. Can I quit? Ephesians 3, verse 20. 
you have to understand this book of Ephesians, okay? The book. If you read the book, I'm going to give you a little background here. So you understand the book. Paul was in Ephesus for two years teaching the people. But if you read in chapter 1 of the book of Ephesus, the Ephesians, the book, Ephesus, the book of Ephesians. <laughs> hey, be quiet. Okay. <laughs> if, if you read that book, you will see Paul writing and saying, in chapter 1, after I heard about your faith and your love towards the saints, I never ceased to make mention of you in my prayers. After I heard about your faith and your love, he was in Ephesus for two years, teaching them daily. He should know. Right? He should know. So why that scripture? Why did he say that? Because that book really wasn't written to the Ephesians, according to the experts. The Ephesians, the people in Ephesus, they put their name on it to us. Because Paul wrote Colossians, and he loved it, and he had nothing to complain about. He was just going to praise God and share. This, was a, this is a book where Paul never corrected anything. He was just talking to the church and praying for them. Two times he prayed for the church in this book. Amen. You can read in Acts. He'll tell you Paul was in Ephesus for two years teaching them. Okay? But now, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that same overwhelming spirit of praise came over him as he wrote. And he began to say, Now unto him who is able to do... No, notice he's praising God. Amen? <laughs> he was just not talking. He was just praising God. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, Above all that we ask or think. According to the power that's at work in us. That's what he was doing. He was just praising God. That God, no matter, if you can dream it, God can say, God says, I, do, I can do better than that. Is that all you got? And you dream this huge dream. And God says, that's it. I can do better than that. I mean, exceedingly, abundantly, above what you just brought to me. What's this? And you say, God, that's the biggest I can get. Can't you bring more bigger than that? Something bigger than that? That's what he's saying. And he was worshiping, praising God. If you can dream it, it will never happen. It's according to the power that already at work in you. Are you saved? Yeah. That power is already at work. It's already there. To do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you can ask or even imagine. Your greatest limitation is your imagination. Amen. Don't let what you see discourage you. Don't let your circumstances, present circumstances, discourage you from dreaming. See yourself bigger than that. And don't tell yourself it's too late. I wish I had knew this when I was younger. God can do in one year what you've been trying to do for the last 50 years. And I'm speaking to Pastor Andy this time. <laughs> He can do that. He can do that. And we need to believe Him. When you believe God, you honor Him. Especially when you believe Him in opposition what you know in the natural. That honors Him. And God says, those who honor me, I will what? I will honor. And when God honors you, the world will notice. Amen? The world will notice. We're not just talking. If there is no God, this is a waste of time. 
Amen? But I know God is. And if we can believe God, all things are possible to those who believe. So it's really up to me. I got a dream. Can you say that with me? I got a dream. I got a dream. Dream big. Because God will have something to work with. When you give him your dream, he'll take it, he'll bless it, he'll give it right back to you. Multiply to feed the multitude. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. I will finally get to this message someday. (laughs) Something good is about to happen to your life. Amen? You have to believe that. Something good is coming your way. The blessings of the Lord will come upon you and overtake you. And I'm not just talking financial blessings. I'm talking about every area of your life that's troubling to you. I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. It has nothing to do with just finances. Covers every area of your life. I can believe God right now. I feel it. God's doing changes in your life right now. The Lord is changing things in your life and taking the negatives. I can see the Holy Spirit arranging things that have been in disorder and placing them in order. Smoothing stuff and placing them in the right place. You place it there, but that's not where he wanted it. He wants it this way, and the Holy Spirit is doing that. And things are work right now. The ministry spirits are being released right now, and they are fighting and working on your behalf to do you good. Because that's the will of your heavenly Father. That's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen? Father, I thank you. Because your word will never return to you void. I heal your people tonight in the name of Jesus. By the power of your name. For your word says not by might. Not by power. But by your spirit. And thank God we have the spirit of the living God with us. And you have given him to be with us forever. According to your word. We believe all things are possible with you. Therefore, because we believe in you, all things are possible to us. Thank you, Father, for a new thing, the new thing that you're doing in our lives today. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Can you put your hands together? Let's give him a clap offering.